It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Who welcome in to tonight's postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. The Vegas Golden Knights fall for the first time ever to the Seattle Kraken 4-2, the final score here from T-Mobile Arena. And to help us make sense of this one, we go back up to the radio booth and bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And, Dan, let's start first with the Seattle Kraken. Obviously, this is a team that came into this game second in the Pacific Division. Narrow the lead that the Golden Knights have over them to just six points with a couple of games in hand. Do the Kraken have the staying power uh, this early on into the season? Sure, why not? And I think that part of that would be from their goaltending. Was Philip Grubauer tested really, really hard today? No. But, you know, he was supposed to be the number one guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Martin Jones has come in. And, you know, Martin Jones has a 10-4-2 and record. And uh, I'm sure Dave Haxtell looked at the history and realized that Grubauer has had some measure of success against the Knights. And Jones has not. So smart choice there, I, I think. But you know, those are guys with experience. Jones is 32. Grubauer today thir- turned 31. And they've got playoff experience, too. And Grubauer was part of the Capitals team that won the Stanley Cup. He only played a couple of games in that postseason. But you get the idea. And, uh, you know, Jones has playoff experience as well. A lot more for both of those guys than have the Knights with Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill. You know, Thompson's been very good and maintains goals against average and save percentage, ranking fifth in the NHL. But Aiden Hill has clearly slipped since starting 5-0 and with the Golden Knights. He's now lost his last three decisions. And even in the last game that he won, he needed the offense to come through in Montreal back on November 5th. So it has been since October 30th that Hill has surrendered two goals or fewer when the Knights won in overtime against the Winnipeg Jets. Was very good in that one on October 30th. But since then, he's given up four goals, three goals, four goals, four goals. And it's not all on the goaltender, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could also see a little bit in the body language today. You know, Hill was very aggressive in trying to play pucks, sometimes more successfully than others. But then, as I mentioned, you know, a couple of times near the end of the game, you know, he'd make a save. And, you know, normally the goaltender just holds on to the puck and hands it to the linesman or what have you. But a couple of times he made a save, whistle blew, and he just flung the puck a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's not the most positive body language from a goaltender who finds himself on the losing side now four times, uh, three times in a row, uh, but the fourth time that he's given up more than two goals in a game. So uh, clearly, in, from my point of view, Ryan, the, the thing that might allow the Kraken to have some staying power, to answer your original question, is in the goaltending that they have. Uh, Jones has been very good, and Grubauer, you know, he's been a very good goaltender. We remember, you know, Vezina finalist with the Avalanche a couple years ago. Yeah. Not a good season last year, but... If, if they can get both of those guys going, yeah, they, they absolutely can have staying power. You know, it, the the thought on Aiden Hill is an interesting one because you look at it, and obviously the start to the season was fantastic for Aiden Hill, but uh, he's been playing maybe a little bit less than the, the early rotation he had when he was 5-0 and uh, to start the year. Is it confidence? Like, where do you kind of lean as to where his game is, is falling short right now? I think that there is something to be said for the the rust factor. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the way it was described coming in, that there'd be a plan for Thompson and Hill, what they were going to do through the first month of the season and see who took the reins. 
And remember, both guys had terrific numbers through the first month of the season. But as you point out correctly, Thompson has gotten more games. And now, you know, today was Hill's eighth. Thompson has played 14. That's almost double for Thompson, meaning that Hill is playing less often. I mentioned a moment ago, in, in the month of November, it's uh, Aiden Hill has uh, just played four games uh, the whole month. And that is not enough to be, you know, the, the, you know, be as sharp as you'd like. And then you get into, well, a backup goaltender has to be ready for that situation. But we've not heard Aiden Hill described as a backup goaltender. Yeah. We've heard it described as a competition between two guys and to see which guy takes the reins. So that's kind of two conflicting things here. Um, Logan Thompson, based on the numbers, not only the successful numbers, as I mentioned, that he's won 11 out of 14, but that he's playing that much more often, that's the indication that he's taking the reins here. But, um, you know, does that mean that Aiden Hill, when he goes in, is going to be uh, a little bit rusty? I, 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 listen, I don't know. These are all questions that, you know, Sean Burke, the goaltending coach, would be better to answer. And I think that Aiden Hill saw an opening here to be at least uh, the co-starter rather than the backup, and if not, take the job himself. And clearly that's not how it's evolved. Um, only he can tell us what he's really thinking. But um, I, I, it's clearly something that the Knights will want to sort out in some way, shape, or form as they continue planning a, a little bit out for which goaltender is going to start when. Coming into the weekend here, uh, Bruce Cassidy said in the last postgame show, he knew that one guy was going to start one game and the other guy would start the other with the back-to-back. Yeah. But, you know, he had not announced. I mean, maybe they knew. They just didn't say so publicly. They didn't know which guy was going to start which game when the last contest against Ottawa ended. You know, and we saw in the first period Bruce Cassidy kind of throw the lines into a blender, goes back to it in the second and third. And, you know, that 10-minute stretch, I thought the Golden Knights were a bit more direct. They were certainly getting the better of the chances. Um, it, you like that to kind of wake things up, but I, I agree with Bruce Cassidy in this situation. You get kind of the effect that you're looking for. You get the game back to even. You, you want to put the trust in your line combinations going into the game to get the job done the final 40 minutes. Yeah, and I think that while that may have been the, the a smart strategy to start the second period, yeah. it clearly you know didn't really work. The Knights didn't generate a whole heck of a lot, as we mentioned. They went a long while in the second period without – getting any shots on goal and uh, so I was a, a bit surprised he didn't try to, to mix it up again sometimes you know it's a spark for your own team when you jumble the lines maybe send a message but it also forces the opposing coach and especially this with Dave Haxtall being the visiting coach makes it harder to kind of match the right players to the right players you know if you got Phil Kessel on the ice Okay, is Phil Kessel on the ice with Amadio and Cotter, or is he on the ice with Carlson and Smith? That's a big difference. But if you see, oh, well, we're going to match these guys up with Phil Kessel, and then all of a sudden he's out there and he scores a goal, you know, with help from Shea Theodore. You know, I, I wonder if you kind of forced not only the players, but also the Seattle coaching staff onto its heels when you continue to change things up like that. Uh, they decided not to, to mix it up again. They went back to the regular group. Um, but... Um, and I'm not sure that there's a, it's as simple as that. You know, you always, when you lose a game, you always go back and say, what could we have done differently? I suppose had they uh, rallied back with uh, the regular forward lines as they have before, we'd say, oh, Bruce, you know, did it right. You know, <laughs> stuck with the group because they have so many third-period comebacks. They just didn't have the juice today. All right, Dan, any final thoughts on this one before we turn our attention to tomorrow night? 
reverse retro night for the Vegas Golden Knights against Vancouver. Yeah, I, I will put this out of the 22 games the Knights have played so far as among the most disappointing of the season. Not only because they lose, but that they were behind. They'd never given up two first period goals this year. Mm -hmm. And though they tied it, you know, there really wasn't much of a pushback the rest of the way. So uh, we'll see how they respond against the Canucks tomorrow. It's a team they should beat. Jonathan Marchessault told us on the pregame show today, you can't take Seattle lightly. It's a different team than what we saw last year when the Knights won all four games. I'm not saying that the Knights took them lightly today, but Vancouver's not a good team, and you're going to see them tomorrow. You've got to be ready for them and you know, score early and often. All right, Dan, great stuff. As always, we will chat tomorrow. Have a good rest of your night. Thanks, Ryan. You too. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 4-2 loss to the Seattle Kraken. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance postgame show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Vegas Golden Knights holiday packs are available now and today only in celebration of Gold Friday. Each purchase also comes with a ticket to the U.S.-Canada Rivalry Series game December 15th at the Dollar Loan Center. Get three VGK games, that special event, plus a holiday sweater featuring Chance for just $299. That deal is today only at VegasGoldenKnights.com. It's the AAA Insurance Post Game Show. The Golden Knights fall to the Seattle Kraken 4-2, the final score, the first victory for Seattle over Vegas in their franchise history. The first loss, obviously, for the Golden Knights against Seattle. And you know, this one was an interesting one in that the Golden Knights really never got out of first gear. Like, they, they just never did. And what I found to be most interesting, and we kind of alluded to it, we talked about it with Dan, is that midway through that first period, on the, uh, right off of scoring a power play goal, the Golden Knights put the lines in a blender. I mean, completely in a, in a blender. You had Paul Cotter skating with Jack Eichel and Mark Stone. More direct play out of that line. They were, they were good. They were tilting the ice. You had Phil Kessel taking a regular shift with William Carlson and Riley Smith. And then you had kind of a jumbled bottom six and where you were leaning a lot on Will Carrier and Keegan Colasar. It was sprinkling in Chandler Stevenson and Nick Waugh. But, you know, I, I looked at that first period that... that lines in a blender and I agree it, that you go to the second period you give your lines a chance you give your lines an opportunity to to respond to what you are hoping to achieve with that spark with jumbling up the lines however for the Golden Knights going into the third period through the first 10 minutes of the period just generating three shots on goal I think you needed a little bit more of a spark there in the third period and for Vegas you're not going to have your best night every single night. You're not going to be able to sustain a, a frenetic play pace for 82 games out of 82. It's just not something that's going to happen. But this was one of those games, I think, this year for the Golden Knights where you clearly look at this one and it's not like the others. It's just not there for the Golden Knights right now. And you've got to give a lot of credit to the Seattle Kraken. I thought for a team that generally is a bit leaky defensively, they have cleaned that up. They defended a lead incredibly well in that third period. The Golden Knights did not generate much of anything. And I don't know if that's just because the Golden Knights weren't in a position to generate. I think Seattle kind of locked down the neutral zone. They were really quick and keen to take those plays away. The Golden Knights could not get into the offensive zone. They could not start much of anything with strong offensive zone shifts. So when you're not able to do that... 
it becomes harder and harder and harder and harder to find some some key plays and, and to make some some good looks. I, I thought the Golden Knights were also a bit out of sync. There were some passes that just kind of didn't hit the mark. And, you know, for Vegas, it, it, it's a benefit in my eyes for this Golden Knights team to get right back on the horse tomorrow against the Vancouver Canucks. Like, you look at this game, you're not going to be excited with how you played, but I think the, the ability to kind of like flush this one and get right back out there again tomorrow is a, is a big one for the Golden Knights and something that they should really lean heavily into. The post-game injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. A couple of things of note here. Nick Waugh missed three games with a lower body injury. Back in the lineup tonight, scores a power play goal. So you like to see that. However, Brett Howden out of the lineup for the Golden Knights uh, due to an injury. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that, see how it develops for Brett Howden. And also, uh, Zach Whitecloud was out of this game early in the first period. Didn't come back until midway through the second period. And just didn't really look himself for the majority of this game so i i wonder if there's maybe a change to be made there when you go into tomorrow night's game against the vancouver canucks but that's essentially where the golden knights are at right now uh with their roster going into tomorrow night's game it's a back-to-back situation you would expect that you'll see logan thompson tomorrow night for the vegas golden knights he's been incredibly good throughout this season so you want to bounce back you want to have a much better game top to bottom if you're the vegas golden knights going into tomorrow night against vancouver but a 4-2 loss to the seattle crack in vegas now 16-5-1 33 points on the season still first place in the pacific division though what could have been a 10 point lead with a win shrinks now to six points over the seattle kraken now let's take a look at the highlights in this game. We can go back to the first period, and the Golden Knights were just out of sync to start the game. The Kraken made them pay as Ryan Donato slammed home a rebound to open the scoring. Long on the right side, boards to the point. Gord sets up Larson again, and it goes home. Deflected in front and ultimately pounded through Hill. It's a 1-0 Kraken lead. Ryan Donato, his third goal of the season right out in front. Third of the year for Ryan Donato from Adam Larson and Yanni Gord at 2.38 of the first period made it 1-0 Seattle. Seattle continued to put Vegas under pressure as a neutral zone reload resulted in Andre Burakovsky's sixth goal of the year. Far side wall, Nick Waugh clears the zone, heads to the bench. Kraken come in on the opposite side of the ice. Larson feeding it back at a shot, they score! Burakovsky handcuffs Hill, 2-0 Kraken with 12 minutes to go first period. Sixth of the year for Andre Burakovsky from Adam Larson and Jaden Schwartz at eight minutes of the first period made it two to nothing Seattle. Just three minutes later, the Golden Knights earned a power play opportunity and Nick Waugh back into the lineup cut the Kraken's lead to one. Right wall Smith, high slot Theodore. The lefty looks, he centers, redirect on goal, they score! Off Carlson, then to Waugh in the crease, he scores! Power play goal. Welcome back, Nicholas Waugh. His second power play goal of the season. Fifth overall. The ninth strike on the power play. And now trail the Kraken 2-1. Nick Waugh from William Carlson and Shea Theodore at 10.46 of the first period. Made it 2-1 Seattle, a power play goal for the Golden Knights. Then, with the lines in a blender, Phil Kessel found the back of the net and tied the game. Theodore takes the putt, goes down through the right circle, cuts in front, and the shot goes into the goal. Phil Kessel took it right off Theodore's stick, hammers it home. 2-2 tie. 
Phil Kessel, his fourth goal with the Knights. Fourth of the year for Phil Kessel from Shea Theodore at 12.50 of the first period tied the game at two. The Golden Knights got themselves back into the game to end the first period, but the Kraken countered right back in the second as Andre Burakovsky scored his second goal of the game to give Seattle back the lead. Through the right circle, lefty peels off in the corner, sets it up, and a shot from the right wing circle, they score. Another for Andre Burakovsky. Kraken take the lead back, three to two. 14.38 to go in the second period. Andre Burakovsky's seventh of the year from Jamie Alexiak and Justin Schultz at 520 of the second period made it 3-2 Seattle. Then late in the period, Jordan Everly sliced through the Golden Knights zone and scored a highlight, highlight real goal. Still in the zone, Veneers to the right, cutting down the slot, diving save, rebound score! Jordan Everly. Hayden Hill made one fantastic save, but Everly persisted. Followed his own rebound, makes it 4-2 Kraken. Jordan Eberle's sixth of the year from Matty Beneers at 18.46 of the second period made it 4-2 Seattle. And with the period winding down, Aiden Hill did make our AAA insurance save the game. Bad giveaway, Theodore in his own zone. The pressure coming. Burakovsky dropped it off and a shot saved by Hill. Burakovsky almost found his third goal of the contest. AAA is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping you outsmart life on the road and at home with 24-7 roadside assistance, car repair discounts, DMV services, and savings on your home and auto insurance. AAA, outsmart life. So we'd head to the third period, 4-2. The Golden Knights would try to mount a comeback, but Seattle was so structured in their own zone, all that was left in this one was the final call. Ten seconds to go. It'll go all the way back, and that will just about run okay. the clock to zero. Fans heading for the exits. This one is over in Vegas. Final score, Kraken four, Knights two. And let's go to Bruce Cassidy as he addresses the media. Ben Goats, Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, Bruce, just what was maybe missing or lacking from your side in this loss? Um, well, they were quicker than us. They won a lot more races, one-on-one uh, -on -one battles. They you know, executed better than us. They were just a better team, I think. Let's call it what it is from start to finish. They, they outplayed us. Um, we could look at different areas and why and what, but we weren't ready to play. That always falls on the coach. i got to get the guys ready to play. We didn't come out of the gate ready to play. We're at home. Um, so that's step one. We did fight our way back in. We switched a few things up to get back into it. Then we weren't really ready to go again in the second when the game got tilted in our end um, in terms of managing pucks and, and how to break out against their pressure. So, um, you know, and again, it was another line change. We got a little bit in between on the third goal, and we got one in the second goal was that. So um, not mentally sharp, and like I said, that falls on me to get them ready to play. <clears throat> For Jesse, then Chris. Jesse Granger with The Athletic, uh, you mentioned the, the little run you made. It seemed like maybe the best you guys looked tonight was when you had the lines mixed up. Um, can you just talk about maybe what you were looking for there and then going back to the original lines? Uh, I was looking for something to get the guys' attention because, as I said, they need to be ready to play. We weren't, so sometimes you put some of your better players on the bench for a little bit. It gets their attention. Uh, I didn't think we were hard enough on certain breakouts. You know, a couple of the wingers that we moved around, just not hard enough on pucks on breakouts. 
and then we got a bit of a spark for whatever reason. Our power play gets us a big goal. Um, and I went back to them because they've been successful for us. That's why I did it. It was an intention getter. Hey, we need to be better. We're not burying anybody, but we need to be better. And, and we went back to what's been successful for us. We have you know, had a, a different guys in and out of that, you know, we'll call it Kessel, Ammo, Cotter line. And uh, But we got back to, to where we were previously. I think Nick coming back in the lineup, we weren't sure how much we were going to get out of him. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's why we went back. And, um, you know, it would have been tough to juggle the whole game. Uh, and I, I don't want to do that unless we have to because injury or someone, you know, is really not going. This was more, hey, we weren't ready to play. We'll move some pieces around. Um, got ourselves back in the game. Now let's start over. Start. Let's play a 40-minute game. And again, they were they were they were better than us in that 40 minutes. Chris, Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. You just mentioned Nick Wah. Um, just how important was it to get him back? Maybe a little bit ahead of schedule, and then how important was it for him to score a goal for you? Maybe boost his confidence a little bit. Yeah, I mean he's been good for us all year. I think he he certainly doesn't lack confidence or shouldn't the way he's played. It was more about. Um, getting them into the flow of the game. Um, you know, we weren't sure this week how quickly he'd progress. I'll be perfectly honest. I didn't know if he'd play today or tomorrow. Um, he skated this morning, felt better, or maybe even yesterday. Um, you know, he did skate yesterday morning, um, felt a little better, and we thought we'd give it a try. Um, but it was a good goal for us. It was a good net front goal. So, something we didn't do well enough as a team was get to the interior today, and it showed. When we did, we, you know, we scored in the power play. Phil's goal was inside, but not enough. That our top guys weren't willing to get inside, shoot, get that second chance against a quick team that checks well. We did that up there in Seattle, got rewarded. Um, today we didn't, and um, that, that ends up being the story for the last 40 minutes why we, we didn't generate enough offense. But as, as for Nick, a uh, good player for us. Um, hopefully he feels good tomorrow and is ready to go again. Ben. Ben Goats, Las Vegas, for you, Journal of Bruce. What did you think of Aiden Hill tonight? Well, you know, Aiden made some some good stops, some high-end stops. Uh, it was going to be a night, obviously, looking back now, where we're going to need a lot of them um, just because, we are, like I said, our top guys didn't generate. We didn't get ourselves on the power play to, to give us some life and momentum to get them feeling better about it. And that's on us to, to get inside more. Um, we certainly had some looks, don't get me wrong. We you know, made some plays off the rush here and there. Um, so, you know, Aiden, it, it fell on him to make probably more saves than, than he should have to because we weren't, you know, we didn't score enough. Go to Danny. Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. Last time you guys played Seattle, obviously they were still finding their way. Now they're a team that's essentially right behind you guys in the division. Just what what has kind of gotten them going over the last month, and do you expect this team to kind of continue to challenge you guys for? Well, like a lot of teams, if you know if they get goaltending, they're going to be dangerous. And and Jones didn't play tonight, but he's been really good for them lately. I thought Grubauer was good as well. Like he made timely stops for them. They got the lead back in the second, and you know when we did generate a little bit, he was there for them. So I think they play a fast game, and you have to respect that and be ready to play a certain style against them. You gotta. No one can outskate the puck, and if you're chipping and supporting type of thing and skating onto pucks, 
you can expose some of their aggressiveness. And, and on their forecheck, if you're handling rims off the wall because they come hard and the D don't always have a chance to get going up ice, you don't have the appropriate support, then you can transition against them. But we weren't good on the walls early, good enough. Um, that was your question about why guys got switched in the lineup, and we just some of our wingers weren't ready to compete against deep pinching, uh, and then chip and skate onto pucks. We got stubborn in the neutral zone. Um, you can't do that against this team. So, you know, they're going to be successful if you're not prepared to counter their speed and their their ability to. To attack, and they did get inside. They were willing to go to the net. So you got to be hard in the scoring area, right? Donato's first goal, a good example. That's to the net. We don't block a shot. We don't box out in the net. Like this isn't. It, well, I don't think it's rocket science the way they're playing. They're playing a hard brand of hockey, a fast brand of hockey, and you better be ready for it. Um, and uh, you know, we weren't enough tonight. <clears throat> go to Allen, and then finish up with Willie. Hi, Bruce. I'm Allen Snell with LVSportsBiz.com. Was this the first game under your regime where you just felt the team just didn't bring the juice to the arena? Uh, you mentioned not ready to play, and how do you plan to deal with this to make sure this doesn't happen in the future? Well, we're right back at it tomorrow. That 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 can be good or bad, right? You can correct, amend, whatever word you want to use tomorrow. We'll see how that works out. Um, we didn't bring the juice, and again, it's... I've always said, I, you know, coach has to repair the group to play, and then the, the players are pros. They're, they they got to show up and be ready to play too. So it's always, you know, it's a shared responsibility. But I always feel like if we're not on our toes early, then then it's my job to get them there. We've had a few games like that this year in the first period where we weren't great, but we were manageable at least and, and found it. And today, it took us a lot longer to find it, and it took some adjustments to find it. So um, I, I do think it's going to happen. If it becomes a regular thing, it's a problem. So tomorrow, uh, let's let's hope it's four and six for us. Vancouver's rested, so we better be ready to play, or or we might be dealing with the same animal. Willie, Willie Ramirez with the Associated Press. Bruce, the last home stand, uh, you made it. You sort of made a comment. I can't remember whether it was after the Blues loss or the Sharks loss, but just that they maybe have been a little relaxed. They finally come home now tonight. It's a day after Thanksgiving. The road teams are seven and four going into the last two games. Is it? Is there something about maybe getting a little too relaxed when you guys come home? And, and the and road fun? team is seven and four today. Today, yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I think when you're home for Thanksgiving, there's more. You know, there's. It's great to be home. Like, come on, I mean, it's it's family. It's all that stuff. Everyone enjoys that. But then when you're back to work, you're you're a little behind, I think, because the the visiting teams, I believe, have you know had to do without that, and they're 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 just more prepared to go. And you have to be able to combat that. So um, for that part, I'm not surprised at that record. Sometimes it's, you know, it's like the game after Christmas. Sometimes you're better off being on the road, get away. That You know, I, I don't know what the travel restrictions are. I might have changed that. But at the end of the day, sometimes that's a benefit of, of being away and, uh, on those, those occasions. So uh, that's one where, you know, to give them credit for being ready. And, and we could have done a, obviously needed to do a better job with that. So... That part of the question, I'm not surprised the road records are better. But your other part about coming back off the road, um, sometimes a long road trip, yes. But in this case, we were at home uh, Wednesday, correct? We, and, and we got a win against Ottawa. They were good. I, didn't, I don't think it was necessarily a 4-1 game. So to me, it's a little bit of, you know, that's, that's one of those things that I'd, I'd gladly trade. The guys get a chance to spend time with their family. I just hope you're, you know, like I said, acknowledge that and be prepared. Thank you, Bruce. Yep. 
That was head coach Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after tonight's 4-2 loss to the Seattle Kraken. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance postgame show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance postgame show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall to the Seattle Kraken 4-2, the final score. Vegas 16-5-1, 33 points on the year. Still first in the Pacific Division. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. And you heard from Bruce Cassidy. It just was not the Golden Knights' night to start this game, though they did fall into a 2-0 hole early. They find a way to battle back. And I think the most disappointing thing is that over the course of the final 40 minutes, it was more of the same from Seattle. The Kraken were just the better team. And sometimes that's what happens over the course of an 82-game schedule. But for the Golden Knights, they're right back in action again tomorrow night against the Vancouver Canucks. We'll be looking to get right back in the win column tomorrow. That's going to do it for us here on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show. Extended postgame show is next, presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network Postgame Show, presented by AAA Insurance. Our local coverage continues next with game highlights, interviews, and your phone call at 702-876-1340. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Golden Knights fall to the Seattle Kraken for the first time ever. That's correct. The first time ever. It only took Seattle six opportunities before they found their first victory against the Vegas Golden Knights. And right now, it looks like the Seattle Kraken have some staying power in the Pacific Division. Right now, just six points behind the Vegas Golden Knights for top spot in the division. 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. I'm curious to see where you want to go tonight. Keep in mind, it's an 82-game season. Keep in mind that sometimes you're just not going to have it. Bruce Cassidy alluded to it. He was asked about it directly. But uh, you have Thanksgiving yesterday. You're at home. You've got family. There's distractions. It is what it is. Uh, But he also mentioned having the players ready to go, having this team ready from the drop of the puck. He puts that on coaches. So you would expect that going into tomorrow night, the Golden Knights will be better in that regard. They're going to have to be better because for a Vancouver Canucks team that can score – but can't defend the way that you probably want to if you do score a lot of goals, Vancouver is going to be looking for victory. They're going to be the more rested team. So for the Golden Knights, they're going to have to shore things up and really find their game by tomorrow. So 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. I want to hear from you. And where you're at right now with a 16-5-1 Vegas Golden Knights team, 33 points on the year, tops in the Pacific Division, coming off of, I would make the argument, their most disappointing loss of the season. 702-876-1340. You know, uh, let's go to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you you doing? Did did I interrupt you? You were going to say something. No, no, no. It's all all you, buddy. (laughs) Well, it, Mama said there'd be days like this, and uh, it is interesting to note that the worst loss of the year, probably, 
for the Knights is also the greatest win, maybe, in franchise history for the Kraken. Would you agree it'd have to be among them? Um, I best win? I, I mean, maybe. I, I think that you certainly want to show Big Brother that you're there, that you can hang with them, that you can play with them. So, I, yeah, I, I, would, uh, I would think that this one is an important one for Seattle, but uh, this is a team that I, I don't think is going to get too high or too low with a win right now. Now, you start to get into uh, March and April and April and May, then I think there'll be bigger wins for sure for the Seattle Kraken. But right now, uh, it's a good step in the right direction for a team looking to make the playoffs in their second year. Well, I'd like to think by March we'd be more than six points ahead of them, but, of course, you never know. Time will tell. Uh, I'm not going to make any great judgments in the way the thing that things are going, except to say that it is disturbing, and Gary Lawless usually says something rather demonstrative on the post game, but he wasn't there today, about the goaltending. He's been a little down on the four goals here, the four goals there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, should we be worried or shouldn't we? I mean, I think that you, you got to defend better, right? Like, I, I wouldn't classify tonight's game as a as a well-defended game for the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, where are the goals coming from? You've got a player parked right in front of the of the net on the first goal for Ryan Donato. You've got Andre Burakovsky walking in all alone on his on his two goals tonight, and then uh, you know Jordan Eberle he makes a, he he dances around three Golden Knights players, and Aiden Hill gets a save before the rebounds put home. So I, I don't know that in this spot tonight I'm I'm putting all of this on Aiden Hill. I just don't think top to bottom the Golden Knights defended well at all in the game, and that was the difference. No, and you, again, we talked the other night about from one to six, we might have the best defensive core in the in the conference, but mm-hmm. sometimes, like on that particular Burakovsky goal, Shea Theodore, bless his heart, just stood there, it seemed like, and let him slide on by. I know that that seems severe, but it did look like we we were... I don't know, drugged by the tryptophan or whatever no, it was. No, it, it just it, wasn't a good night. The, the, the two Burakovsky goals were bad changes. Like, just, you know, plain and simple, right? Like, you know, the first one's a reload in the neutral zone, and it's, it's, a, it's a great reload in the neutral zone for, the, for Seattle, but you had a Golden Knights line that just got off the ice, and you didn't get the puck in deep enough. And then on the second one, uh, you, you're a little bit late getting to the bench. You're a little bit late getting back onto the ice, and there's a, a, a gap in coverage because you just don't have all your players on after, uh, with if you have a quick rapid-fire change. So to me, um, I, like, I'm not going to put too much on Shea Theodore in those spots, and thanks, Mike, for the call. I just don't think top to bottom the Golden Knights were sharp enough tonight. It, it, it just is what it is. That's where, that's where I view this game tonight for Vegas. So, you know, I, I think you can improve. You can certainly get better. You can get yourself into the spots you need to get to tomorrow against Vancouver. But tonight... They just didn't defend well enough, and, and you're, if you don't defend against a team like Seattle who can put the puck in the back of the net, it's going to be a long night for you. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Bill. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Ryan, I am doing great, but Mike stole all my lines, especially the trip to fan line. <laughs> well, just, just, you know, you talk long enough, I'm sure you'll find something. Um, I just... Uh... I really had high hopes for that uh, Kessel and Lashakin or um, the uh, Cotter line, mm-hmm. but Amadio just doesn't seem to whatever wherever he passes, it comes off of his stick. Wherever he passes to, it's either too long, too short. He's just 
not that guy. Who do we have in the pipeline that could uh, really, really, really like help that third line take off? Um, you know what, Bill? I, I, I'm glad you asked this, and thank you for the call. Ideally, this is what I'd like to see from the Golden Knights' bottom six. I like Brett Howden between Will Carrier and Keegan Colasar. To me, that's kind of the best that Brett Howden's looked this season with the Vegas Golden Knights. With Nick Waugh coming back into the lineup tonight after missing three games with a lower body injury, I think the hope is that if Nick is back to his, his regular self, he did score a power play goal tonight, I would like to see Nick Waugh slide up between Cotter and Kessel. I think that is a line that can work. That is a line that can do some good things for you offensively for sure. But you're going to need both Nick Waugh and Brett Howden healthy at the same time. And right now, I'm not sure Brett Howden missed tonight's game. It would have been awesome if Brett Howden was able to go because I think that's probably where you would have leaned if you were the Golden Knights and Bruce Cassidy. But to me, you get Brett Howden back and healthy and ready to go. You slide Nick Waugh up to play with Paul Cotter and Phil Kessel. That's the tweak. That's the change that I would like to see. Thanks for the call. Bill, 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Todd. Hey, Todd, how you doing? Hey, doing good. I just want to say um, I took my son, Tosh. We went to the game tonight. Mm-hmm. Even though we didn't win, hats off to the night. We're going we're gonna to play tomorrow. We're going to show them who the number one team in the West is. Go Knights, go. Yeah, awesome, Todd. Thank you for the call. Uh, I hope you had fun. It seems like you did have fun. Uh, you know, hockey's hockey's interesting like that. You can go to the rink, and even if your team doesn't find a victory, the atmosphere is is fantastic. And let me tell you, like you mentioned, Todd, that, that the Golden Knights are right back in action tomorrow. That is true. They're also going to be wearing the reverse retro jerseys. I can't wait for that. I really like. I, it's going to be a brand new open. Everything's going to be changed for the Golden Knights going into the game tomorrow. But the the reverse retros on the ice. I cannot wait to see that. So something to keep in mind if you are going to the game tomorrow. Seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Adam. Hey Adam, how you doing? Ryan, thanks for taking my call, and yep. I have to give you mass props because I'm listening to the Cassidy uh, press conference. Everybody was saying, oh, it's because of Thanksgiving and this, that, and the other. The Kraken just played better than the Knights did tonight. And, mm-hmm. I, and I want to just give them credit for that. It's, you know, so many times we have to get this other story and how road teams were 7-4 and four tonight. Okay, great. But they just played better. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, Bruce Cassidy even said it, right? He said, let's call it what it is. The Kraken were the better team, and they were the better team for the first 20 minutes, even though the Golden Knights kind of found something there with the jumbled-up lines. But over, over the final 40 minutes, the, the, the Kraken were just better tonight. And sometimes that'll happen for the Golden Knights. It's, it's how do they correct it going into tomorrow against Vancouver. Uh, to me, just getting out there, playing a game immediately, being able to flush this, that's going to be important for Vegas. Absolutely. And just on, the, on a side note, was there any? have you heard any talk that the Knights were interested in getting Reeves after the Rangers had let him go or before he went to the Wild? No, I hadn't heard anything like that at all. No, I, And to be honest, I, I don't know that that would fit where Bruce Cassidy and, and the Golden Knights organization is with what they're looking for out of a fourth line. Like you're seeing, right, the, the progression of, of Will Carey, the progression of Keegan Colasar, and, and either Nick Waugh, Brett Howden, whoever you've got down the middle on that line. Uh, this is a line that's expected to chip in offensively here and there, and I, I just don't know that that would be the direction that I would go. So I, I hadn't heard anything. I, I don't think that there was anything there. Um, but, you know, for Ryan Reeves, he lands in Minnesota, and they could use a little bit of that spark from him. Absolutely. And my, other, my final question for you, 
is why after the mixed lines tonight mm. did they not go back to it in the second and third? Yeah, I, you know, Bruce Cassidy addressed that, and uh, thanks, Adam, for the for the call. Um, he, he talked about how difficult it would be to juggle that type of, of lineup configuration over the course of the final 40 minutes because it wasn't just a situation where Bruce jumbled the lines once and had things set. He had his top two lines set. It was Paul Cotter with Jack Eichel and Mark Stone, and then he had Phil Kessel up with Riley Smith and uh, William Carlson. But at, at that point, you had Nick Waugh and Chandler Stevenson t- alternating shifts essentially with Will Carrier and with Keegan Colasar. You were spotting in Jonathan Marcheseau here and there. And I think that with Nick Waugh coming, off, coming back off of injury, uh, couldn't necessarily take face-offs or didn't take face-offs today, uh, you were just kind of in a, in a spot where you didn't want to put too much load on Nick Waugh in those situations. And because it wasn't a, a finite, fixed situation where he he jumbled up the lines and was really kind of moving things in and out i think that it was just going to be too untenable over the course of 40 minutes would have liked to have seen it in the third period but it didn't get to be there 702-876-1340 is the number we're back with more of your phone calls next on the extended post game show fox sports las vegas my house has Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Golden Knights fall to the Seattle Kraken. 4-2 to two, the final score here. Vegas 16-5 and 133 points tops in the Pacific Division. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Ryan? Oh, I'm doing well. So, I mean, obviously, you never want to lose, um, but eventually, you know, you have to have to lose to a team. This is the only only time we've ever lost to the Kraken. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, it wasn't a fun game, but um, there are spots that you know stand out that you like. They fought back from a two zero deficit in that first period, um, and then they while they couldn't score anything in the third period, they also didn't let the Kraken add any more on. So you know, all yeah. looks for positive. Yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think that for Seattle, it was more about protecting the lead. And, you know, there were a couple of opportunities, especially early on in the third period, where Seattle uh, found some offensive chances. But by and large, I think for the Golden Knights, it's just about hit and reload, right? Hit and reset going into tomorrow against Vancouver. And, you know, the areas where you fell short tonight, you're going to have to try to correct them in, uh, in about 24 hours. Yeah, um, and as much as uh, I love Marcy, he's my favorite, um, I, I thought that um, breaking the misfits up and having uh, Riley, Riley Smith, uh, William Carlson, and Kessel together um, looked interesting, and I wouldn't be upset if they um, tried putting that line out there mm-hmm. again. Yeah, you know what, Stephanie, thank you for the call. I- I'm interested to see where Bruce Cassidy goes tomorrow with the lineup, and it, it kind of depends on whether or not he's got an option and maybe Brett Howden being available. We'll see as we get closer and closer to tomorrow night's game. But, you know, Phil Kessel kind of had one of those noticeable games where I feel like Phil might have been the most dangerous offensive Golden Knight player. Um, And a lot of that had to do with how well he looked uh, alongside William Carlson and Riley Smith. So I wonder if it is something that Bruce Cassidy clocked and whether or not he's quick to go to that again tomorrow night. 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. Let's head back out of the phone lines, bring in Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Well, I have a cold, so, you know, all the talk about COVID, and we forget colds can be a pain in the tushy, too. Yeah. Um, well, feel better, anyway, Rita. Huh? 
Feel better. Oh, thanks. Um, I'm just going to state how I felt about the game. Then I'm going to ask you a philosophical question. Okay. Because that's what you get paid to do, figure this stuff out. Mm-hmm. I don't like losing. I just don't. It's depressing. 82 wins would have been fine with me. Mm-hmm. But we move on. Second thing, and you guys already talked about how we have to remember that these players are also people. Mm-hmm. And being people, they have emotions. Now, I know they said um, that they haven't come right out and said who our, first, who our uh, number one goalie is. But at uh, his press conference the other day, Bruce basically almost came out and said, well, you know, it's um, Logan's. Mm-hmm. Do you not think somewhat in the back of their mind that, now they're professionals, but that it doesn't kind of bother Aiden a little bit that he he fell a little short in the coach's mind? Yeah, I mean, I I think that, you know, Aiden Hill probably came into this opportunity and and thought that there was a track to to maybe be a number one goaltender or at the very, very least, right, kind of a 1A, 1B type of situation. It started off that way. Aiden had, you know, five starts in his first uh, in his first month with the Vegas Golden Knights, only four starts for, from that point forward. And, you know, to me, I think that it's it's maybe a little bit of a, of, a, of a confidence thing, maybe a little bit of rust because he hasn't played very much. But whatever it is, you're, you're going to have to find a way to work through that and battle through that. And I think that's really the, the task in front of Aiden Hill right now. Well, thank you. Um, we'll do better tomorrow. We yeah. usually do. We get mad. We do well. Yeah, you're absolutely right there, Rita, and thank you for the call. It's it's not often, at least it hasn't been this season, where the Golden Knights have dropped two in a row, and they'll have to avoid that tomorrow night against the Vancouver Canucks. We're back with more on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the Extended Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Hey, Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. The Golden Knights fall to the Seattle Kraken, 4-2, the final score. Vegas 16-5-1, 33 points, tops in the Pacific Division, though Seattle just behind them in second place with with six points less than the Vegas Golden Knights. So you look at this one, Seattle is a better team. You don't really need to dive too deeply into this one or analyze too many things. The Seattle Kraken put together a strong 60 minutes. The Golden Knights were unable to match that, and Seattle earns their first victory against the Golden Knights in their franchise's history. That's going to do it for us here on the Extended Post Game Show. Thanks to Jed Donaldson down here making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air. And thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It's your post game show. It's not as much fun without your input. Golden Knights are next in action tomorrow night at 7 o'clock against the Vancouver Canucks. Until then, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.